full-on like this is like a peak of Chappelle show mm. um you i know, see where like the problematic edgy, would come in edgy like young teenage boys preteen boys like trying to mimic like that style um, yeah and i'm sure had, it, like, you nailed it I'm oh sure. man I'm sure if we go back to it now, like, oh, this could have gone for sure viral, and then and then I'd be in trouble. For, I would have been already in trouble for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just for being there. Like, I don't think I ever said anything crazy, but like being Shh. adjacent yeah. to nice it. cover, nice uh, cover. Yeah, I'm trying, man. Uh, but no, like some of that was really cool, and like that's where I like started learning a little bit of like mm-hmm. like video stuff and like being on camera, being more comfortable with it. That's like hence the TikToks and the YouTubes. Um, but no, I remember we like tried recreating a uh, a scene, the scene from the Matrix with the uh, bullet time with the bullet time. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> we just had one of my buddies just like laying with his back. We put like a garbage bin uh, behind uh-huh, him uh-huh, and he uh-huh. just laid back. And then we just had like fun with like camera cuts. Like he, he did, did one of the like these moves mm-hmm. and then like and then camera cut and same back to the same spot gone. So it was just like little like clever I think there's like a whole uh, VFX stuff. I, I want to say there's a isn't there a TikTok thing where it's just like people recreating iconic things with like whatever they can make it with. Yeah. Like yeah, uh, that kind of stuff's really interesting. Um, you know me, Danny, I was a video productions kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I I was on camera every day reporting the <laughs> news of Puyallup High School. Um That's right. You were the anchor. I was the anchor. I was the director. I wrote it in the morning. And then the best part was I used that power to constantly skip school. Beautiful. Just you get a camera and you walk around. And then when, you know, the security people are like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm filming. Obviously, I have to go. It's somewhere else. And it works. They literally never questioned it. It was like a full year of doing that. Uh, well, and then if you're on the TVs at the high school everywhere, it all connects up. Boom. Hard to hard to get that that person in trouble, and it's very easy to trick security guards on campuses. Um, uh, but yeah, they also oh, don't care. I'm sure they also don't really care. Um, <laughs> but it was a great time. Yeah. So either basically, sorry, you all cut in a little, a little, a little bit in the middle of it, a little bit. Uh, we were basically saying we're either starting a band next year or we have to make a movie. Uh, they're pretty extreme choices to make, and we definitely won't flame out on either of them because we don't. No, we never flame out on anything. We're going to do never, it all. We never missed a week of this podcast. We're going to do once. it all. Like, never. Uh, we're always building our content super specifically and everything super is on specific, purpose. Super consistent. Um, yep, yep. Yeah. So, like, this is just going to be another. You know, check mark in the wind column for us. Either we make a movie and that'll that'll probably be cool and or we'll have a successful band in one year. Hey, we can dream, okay? Men can dream. It's it's still it's still it's still uh what is it? Mental health aware men's health mental health awareness month, right? Is it? So this is good for our for our health. Oh. Someone checked in with me today and I was like, huh? And I was like, oh, maybe they're like, oh, it's the 29th. I got to get this in. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I appreciated it. Uh, <laughs> nice. Nice. It's men's what? I need it. I was not aware. Mental health. I didn't know either until like this week. It was like people on TikTok. But like, you know how like men are. It's like, yeah, women get a home. I was like, OK, well, now the point isn't about mental men's mental health. Now the whole point was 
why disparage someone else to bring awareness to your thing? That's not how awareness yeah. raising works. You don't see guys, Jesus, breast cancer people and ball cancer people fighting. They're, no, you they know, just they're trying to kill the, the dumb cancer. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Anyways, that's how I, that's how I came. Okay, to I was like, this is a horrible way of approaching it. Also, like, oh, right, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I will say I have not seen a single thing about it all month. I do believe the branding could be better. <laughs> well, that's literally on us, so. Ah, okay. <laughs> so I guess one slight L uh, that we did take this year was we kind of forgot that there is a month devoted to the mental health awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some but would say... That's the only mistake we I made. Know it. We should know it. We did. Yeah, we it's like, make a do you need to have a mental health month when you're constantly dealing with your mental health? You know? I'd say it's a mental health year, man. Uh, oh, yeah. boy. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to the DMGT <laughs> podcast. I'm your host, Danny. I'm Spencer. And Danny. And th- yeah. This is our last podcast of the year. This is the last podcast of the year, folks. Wah, wah. Don't all cry at once. Yeah. You guys are going to be neck deep in peppermint cocoa. You're not even going to know. A little Irish cream cold brew. Yeah. Yeah. A little Irish coffee every day <laughs> uh, it's good for you it's good it, for you. War- it keeps you warm it keeps you warm yeah That's uh, this is this is it this is the this big is one I this think, is the big one i think We've- for the content of the year that we have had i think i gotta say this year was a year where we talked a ton about video games we did a lot and so we saved the video game of the year for last so that's what we're going to be talking about today and danny yep. we were talking about other things pre-record but we did not talk about our approach to this i have uh i have a pitch on our approach go because i have also have a pitch okay so my pitch on the approach is we just i think we both have the same top two games yep and i think we just spend some time on each of them without saying which one we're choosing and the end will count down from three Okay. And then say which one we chose. And to be transparent to the listener, we haven't really discussed which way Not we're really. going to go. Not really. We both know, like... We have a general two. idea, I think. Yeah, yeah the yeah. two. So, like, okay. And I, I, I can like be that convinced. Pitch. I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, I also could be convinced either way, even though I've kind of made my decision. Um, I want to go into... The uh, game of game awards, like just like the top six, do a quick little snippet on them, and then go into um, just some highlights of other games that we've played this year that we've enjoyed, maybe like a big surprise or anything like that, and then save like the last half of this episode to have like a real debate on the two the two games, Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. And just Danny, like debate the, the two, because I think it's that close. It's a great idea. That's what we're okay. doing. Um, Let's do it. So, the Game of the Year Awards, Danny, like, just, I, I feel like we talked a little bit about this last yeah. year. Um, what is your just overall opinion on the Game of the Year Awards? I, so f- I enjoy the Game of the Year Awards. I think in general, they've hit the mark. 
on most of the nominations and every year like there's really only been a handful that i like really disagreed with but for the most part like everything's been solid in general i think it's meant to be more and i think they they say it's like it's a celebration of video games okay it's not like it doesn't quite carry the same prestige as like a traditional media awards ceremony nights even though it's kind of like starting to build its way up there we have talked about this previous years um about that prestige aspect right but i enjoy it i personally enjoy it like i think there's a tricky balance to strike between like actually talking about like the nominees and the categories versus like people online being like where's the game trailers where's the game trailers it's like well this isn't that we've we have like six events a year that strictly are hyping up upcoming games i feel like this is a good one to stop and like yeah. look back at like it's the, the yeah. stuff that we played this year you get little clips of the games of the year yeah i want to hear stuff from like composers of different like indie studios and like how they came to do their stuff i want to hear from the voice actors and the writers and like the the fx artists and all the engineers the developers like i want to hear from them like this is that part of it that i think we have the opportunity as an audience to like get insight to that we don't normally get outside of like a very curated like channel like the the like becoming creative stuff from 2018 or like some of those those like youtube long-form documentaries or long-form video essays type stuff Mm um yeah no that's what i generally that's my sentiment uh, I do think it, they carry some weight just because like there are like some major brands associated to the game awards. Absolutely. Um, but it's also not like this isn't also meant to be like, ah, my game won. So your game sucks forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, really nothing is trying to do that. But man, no, do we find all. ways to do it? It's uh, the internet. We're gamers like that's I know. gamers, man. Yeah. yeah. Gamers. I mean, just mostly everybody sucks, so mm-hmm. eh. But yeah, really annoying. We are super annoying sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Danny, in this Game of the Year Awards, yep. uh, in the nominees, how are you feeling about the nominees? I think most of them make sense. And we're I'm just gonna focus on the game of the year because there's like twenty-five categories 31. or something like that. Thirty-one categories. We could spend two episodes going into detail on all of them. So focus on like the big one, game of the years. Um, the only one I'm not super familiar with and don't necessarily agree with, agree with is a Plague Tale. I just don't know how I feel about like games that this is tricky because like you love the um, Firewatch, right? But yes. it's not like. And I don't want to say anything mean here about like those types of games, but like they're interactive stories more than they are video games. Yes. If you understand what I mean. Yeah. And I think, you know, the thing about those types of games is you have to get the vibe has to hit you quickly. Yes. Or you'll quit it. Like, yep. no joke. The first Plague Tale, I have tried to play that game. It's me too. 25 me too. times. Like, I'll have it downloaded for, like, an entire year, and I'll, like, open it up, and I'll, like, kind of start it, and then I'll be like, no, I, it's not hitting the way I need it to for me to, like, buy in and, like, really have that Firewatch yeah. or, um, you know, what, Gone Home, like, where you're just truly just walking around something. Um, 
And game of the year for that title seems interesting to me. Do you know it's, a single person who's played it? Like actually, not like in in real life. No, it, I like have, I don't know one no. who's who said anything about this game. I know everyone was screaming, loving the rat, the first one, the rat pack of it. The, how they like, yeah. like there's so many oh, more yeah. rats, and I'm like, yeah, that's part of the reason why I don't really want to play it. Yeah, like I see yeah, enough rats in like my alley. I don't need to. It's see, so off putting. Like, we live, you know, in Chicago, so like it's it's kind of off putting. I will say this one, like I have like done some research on all of these games, so like I'm not coming from a completely blind standpoint. Um, they definitely like added more gameplay elements in the yeah. first one for yeah. sure. So it's like it feels more video gamey, which I respect because that was a like a valid critique of the first one. It's like it's there's not enough video game to the story. I respect the concept and like the idea, like. The rat thing, I think, is like, it's a novel idea. It's like, okay, that's yeah. interesting, weird, and I kind of hate it. Mm-hmm. But from, like, I hate rat standpoint, not from, like, this is stupid, I hate it. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of one of those where I think, uh, especially a smaller studio, so I'm not going to give them, like, a hard time. Like, they, it, it's it's hard to get, like, uh, acting and animation right. Yeah. Especially if you don't have, like... Like a PlayStation, like full on back in you, like they do Santa Monica Studios or Naughty Dog, um, or like a Pixar, you know, where they're spending two hundred mil, two hundred mil, just on animation. Yeah. So like I get that, and that and that, but that's like what you. That's how you get like a convincing like facial expressions and like uh, animation and, and and like actors that maybe have a little bit more experience with them that again i'm not trying to downplay or knock on anyone there uh, but that's just kind of yeah some it feels like uh here's a good example i think uh like when clips that i've seen it feels very anime-y like where uh especially like english dubs of some anime can be a little just like just a little yeah it's off. just a little extra it's just a little off and when you're trying to, and when you're pitching me like a story that's supposed to have like a lot more depth and like a little more grit, and that's what's going to bring you in, like it just doesn't work for me. Uh, which is why a lot of anime doesn't work for me. So it's just one of those categories where it's like, I don't really get it. It's not really made for me in that case. So I'm not like upset that it's on uh, made a nomination. Good for them, truly good for them. Um, but yeah, it's like literally if I had to rank them, that would be like in last place. Yeah. I, I guess like the thing that is confusing to me here of its inclusion is like, like, like I just, I think uh, the other games more or less had like a pretty big moment where it was everyone within that platform was talking about it for a while. Yeah. And I think like this one came out and like a lot of what I was looking at as I was watching like some playthroughs, uh, some like videos about it and, and things like that. I think a lot of it is how impressive the visual design was for the studio size. Yes. And how yes. like there are moments where you, you know, you're looking at the game and you're like, this looks really cool. Like, you know, like they nailed some of the stuff and. They the studio is forty people, so like, yeah, let's talk about some of the nice stuff here. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Like they also like put, uh, like, um, so so much more. Like they basically put in all of the feedback from that first game. It sounds like they really tried to, yeah, make those things better. And I think that's really cool, and it's really interesting. 
but the the only thing about it is I'm just like I I I feel like I know enough people that play video games to have had some person play it. I just don't know how popular ultimately it was. I I haven't looked into, you know, like what's the completion rate of this game. Right. Or right. anything like that. Like how many I mean it says it has it sold more than a million copies. Which is a lot. That's a lot of which is a lot. a lot of people. Like yeah. uh but it's yeah, it's interesting. I think maybe because the first one's been like PlayStation Plus and given away in, in a lot of ways like maybe people were like all right no i know i was a little off put by i was like oh it's a full price game i was like wasn't the last one like at its most like 29 yeah, bucks that's possible um and then i thought well it'll eventually be free because the other one was at some point i'm sure it'll be on playstation plus and it's very possible we will come back to this podcast and be like we're eating our words um we don't really make mistakes, but it could happen, I guess. <laughs> it's just when I when I when I look at like uh we had a pretty strong year. I think the middle of the year was a little slower, but like the first and last thirds of the of the year have been like really strong. So like I would have loved to see like a tunic get a nomination here. And maybe it's because you already have Stray, which is an like another like super small uh studio yeah. doing it uh, in there. Um what is Cult of the Lamb would have been cool to see get a nomination. They got nominated for best indie game but like for a game of the year i think some of those were like oh man they're like pushing the envelope in some capacity they're like trying new stuff and delivering like a fun experience yeah um that's what i like to see usually but i'm sure eventually i'll give it like a real uh like a proper go but that's where i land there yeah yeah i uh kind of moving on from from that one you know stray being in here i get why i don't think it's a big enough game to, wow uh, in really? the sense of the content of the game it's just so short i don't think that's a knock against uh, it because it's cheaper than other games that's true i mean it was free and it had a huge footprint for you know uh, a little while i really liked playing it but when we were thinking through our games of the year like the only time i thought about it was the novelty of being a cat it wasn't necessarily because the i was blown away by much of anything in the game except that i was a cat and <laughs> i did think the environments were very interesting and cool but then at the same point the more i played it the more i was like i feel like this movement could have felt better sure i mean i i don't disagree with that i think when when we talk about like what we just mentioned previously for uh, like gameplay and some like aspect of a story that's like getting you in pretty quickly. I think they did a great job of that. Yeah, like to get me get you invested. So like, all right, I'll, I'll see this through. And it's a really, it's a short play. You can crush this in like six hours. It's super quick. Um, and I, I get that. I I do get that argument of like it's too short. There's not enough content here. But if you're a PlayStation subscriber plus subscriber, it was included with your subscription. Yeah. So you didn't really like we didn't pay for this game right like we already get our money's worth from that subscription it's effectively free um and if you did want to buy it like on pc or whatever like what 30 bucks yeah it wasn't it wasn't full price for sure i think that's worth uh when people are like oh 30 dollars, it's not even a full ass game like you're getting six hours at least six hours of entertainment from this if you don't like 100 percent it so you spend no no yeah double that on like two movies True. And that's that same amount of time. So I guess like 
one, you know, thinking about this, and this is like a discussion that always happens around Oscar time, um, yeah. because you know the Oscars went to ten movies to try to include potentially some more just popular movies to try to gain more viewership, um, but then they shortened it again, and then now it's back, I think, at ten. But the argument that people are, you know, consistently have been making to to really say how can some this award show stay more relevant because it's kind of fading from relevance like uh you know back in the day you know and by back in the day i mean like before 2010 right. any time before that a best picture would have a basically refreshed run in theaters for a couple months you know because movies used to do that kind of stuff um but now it's like a lot of the nominees are streaming movies and like it's sometimes even hard to be able to catch the best picture nominations in a theater, even in a major city. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we might, we're most likely going to get it, but sometimes you only get it for a bit. Um, so like some people, uh, have for years been pushing to have a like blockbuster Oscar to recognize that mm. type of filmmaking at its highest level because then you can more fully dive into this is truly the best movie of the year. Yeah. And I think with uh with the game of the years, they do have all the indie categories. They do. Do they have a category that's like huge ass triple A game only? I mean what what they do uh what is this? Shooter, right? They do shooter oh, they categories. They do shooter. Okay, so like I do like, and that. that's usually the big one. That's usually like the big one. That and they do best sport sporting game as okay. well. I, so I, like it covers like your your two hugest franchises, right? Which is uh, Call of Duty and mm-hmm. FIFA. Yeah, and then you you get like two K and Madden in there as well, and like maybe some racing games, um, and then obviously your Call of Duties and your your Halos and your yeah. your Battlefields. Honestly, Oscars. Take, take some of that. Like, let's get some categories. I think it works. I think categories cool. for 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 this works. I think six. It's tight for for game of the game of the year, but I think you get all the different categories that it's like fair. Like, yeah. especially since it's so wide. Yeah, but just for me, like I'd put Stray in the indie category, and I would not. I would be like, oh yeah, that's a great pick for best indie game of the year because it's a true story of an indie game. Now, what would you replace Stray with? Because I'm not going to let you get away with not answering that. What would I replace Stray with? It wasn't a very good year for AAA titles. So no. I guess that's also a reason why it's in there. So yeah, I'm, I've made a mistake. <laughs> I rescind everything I've said. Uh, first mistake of the year. Had to come sometime. Uh, and here it is, Danny. At the end, at the finish line, my guy. <laughs> Almost Damn. mistake free for an entire year. For the record, Damn. I completely dis- disagree. I think it's worthy of the nomination, and by no means should win. Uh, yeah, but I never said any of that stuff you're thinking nomination. about. So I, we're on mm-hmm. the same page. I agree with okay. you. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. Right. All right. Uh, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, you know, <laughs> I didn't play it. it's this is one of those where i think like people who are like huge into jrpgs and i am into some jrpgs not all but some um are like no this one was amazing fantastic i'm like 
for JRPG standards, I'm sure it was. Because like I played um what was it? Tales of God damn, there's there was another JRPG one from Bandai Namco last year. Um that's also a pretty big franchise. The Tales of franchises are are pretty big. Um and I, I had fun with it, but I was like, this isn't a game of the year. It's just a fun video game for this niche audience that I am sometimes a part of in gaming. Uh which maybe is also true of a Plague Tale. So like again, no knock to to anyone that plays these. Uh I just when when we're when you start putting them up against like the stuff that hit that not only in terms of popularity but in like critical acclaim and not just critical acclaim, um consumer acclaim, uh is like doing things that are different and like pushing the medium forward, which is a yeah. super snobby way of approaching it. I know, but like that's the only way you can have these conversations. They have to be a little bit snobby by nature. Because yeah. you're like nitpicking the small stuff yeah. or like this one's the best. Um it just doesn't like it doesn't do it for me it's a uh, very similar uh, of like yeah if you love anime and like oh man this one's cool and like good like there's some weird anime stuff in here like that's the stuff that i just can't get past which like my my brother josh always gets mad at me for that because he's like been trying to get me to play um well persona mm. uh five royale or whatever um and it's that one actually does have like a lot of like critical acclaim but it's just like man some of the stuff i just can't get past um, which maybe it's just on me. That's yeah. on me. Yeah. I th- but like, yeah. uh, the thing I thought when I, you know, look, looking at these, when they came out, like that, the sole kind of Nintendo game that that's like, you know, only Nintendo is Xenoblade Chronicles. And I was, and then I was thinking, I was like, was it, was that really the year Nintendo had? Like, this is what got there. And um, you know, I don't really play my Switch Lite that I bought five years ago because I, I actually don't like it. I yeah. need a controller. I don't really like handheld gaming all that much. So I'm not the Nintendo audience, but um, the, it just feels I'm like, man, that's <laughs> Nintendo's got to do something here because uh, people are kind of I don't know how much longer in the life like this. I don't know how long it has. The Switch. They they've got a step. Oh, I mean, but at the same time, Pokemon uh, Scarlet Violet just sold ten million copies in yeah. the, for in three days. It's but a it, yeah. we we always forget that like it's some of those. It's huge, like it's just it's yeah. never gonna go away. It's a McDonald's. It's a juggernaut franchise, right? Like it's just never going to go away. Uh, but but as far as like no 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 no, this is like game of the year stuff. Like yeah, Nintendo had a slow year. Yeah yeah. Uh, so I mean I yeah I'm just I've never really played any JRPGs really all that far I usually another one of those things where the vibe doesn't hit me but Danny before we get into Elden Ring and God of War yeah uh I guess I have to talk about <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West your favorite game of the year um Horizon the Zero Dawn series is all of us gamers getting tricked into another Assassin's Creed Chronicles. Wow. That's where I'm at with it. Wow, wow, wow. I feel the same type of frustration playing Horizon Forbidden West as I do playing any Assassin's Creed at this point, really. If you really think about the gameplay and the mechanics of travel, getting onto a fucking tower, looking at shit, uh feeling like you're just constantly having to do dumb stuff 
and the character and then this character just constantly is talking to themselves like it literally without pause the entire time you're playing i don't i i i liked the first game well enough and i have never really totally understood why everyone loves this franchise because i don't think it was a good game i really don't think i think it was a beautiful game i think yes the art direction was awesome i think the like individual moments of the game in like cutscenes i thought was were really nice like really beautiful game like the acting isn't bad like it's not like the the main the main voice actor is is bad they just have to constantly fucking say dumb shit right um but that's like I, I don't think the combat feels good. I don't I'm not that invested in the story itself. Uh and you know, it just like the other one, it came out around the time that a generational title came out. Um and it almost is is, is as if it gets to fly <laughs> under that radar and no one really thought about it past like having a good time for a bit. And then we got Elden Ring like a couple weeks later, and then no one else. I don't think anybody's played the game since. <laughs> so I don't quite hate it as much as you do, and and this has not been you know this is not a surprise. We we've talked about this to length. Um, I agree on lo- a lot of the frustration aspects. I I still think I had enough fun with it, like actual fun with it, that I'm like I can't hate this game. It is frustrating because. It could be. This is a franchise that could be a God of War. Yeah, it does. All the pieces are there. It just doesn't like. There's a bunch of decisions that are made in in the development of these games that I don't know if it's because like either PlayStation's like no 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 this is just a formula that works in an open world RPG Western RPG or if they're trying to like refine it so much. That you it becomes clinical, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the tricky part to it. Um, the it's one of the worst uh, implemented combat difficulty var- variations, I think, in, in in a game. Yep, which is brutal, I think, but it's true. Um, combat doesn't feel satisfying on higher difficulties. It just feels like, oh, I just have to kill, like, hit this thing in the same spot just a hundred more times like there's no variation to it whereas like other games do a better job of like delivering that difficulty with different mechanics and different things like that um world is beautiful uh the acting got a little bit better than the first one i think the concept i really like a lot it fell apart a little bit Uh, obviously spoilers for like all of these games uh heading into the, the rest of this episode uh then they just got really weird with it with like the super sci-fi stuff um which i i kind of enjoyed but it's also like okay now this is now you're taking me in like 10 different directions yeah like in the world that you built i think like there was some not totally safe choices in terms of story that i do appreciate i appreciate that it got weird because up until that point in the story i was so bored because I'm like, okay, so like what? We got to go do the, basically the same thing we did last time, but now it's like a little different. And saying this as we're going to talk about God of War Ragnarok, which you could make the argument that that's yeah. basically what they're doing. But I think the thing, yeah, I think the potential of the franchise is, is I, I think you nailed that, where 
it's not like Horizon Zero Dawn is a precious thing. Like it's not it was a game that a lot of people liked and it was a big hit, but I don't think it ever had the if you mess up the sequel will kill you kind of vibes. Right, right. Like, you know, of like how there's still you know, popular YouTubers who post regular content about Breath of the Wild like every day basically people, like the, like the ecosystem around it and it's like Horizon Zero Dawn doesn't necessarily have that level of reverence so they could have done whatever the fuck they wanted yeah they had like open book like to do a- anything and everything um from like a technical standpoint like incredible the way like it's the first game of the year that felt like here it is yep. here is a PlayStation 5 video game yeah and you could feel that every second that you played that game which is awesome i think that was great like i think miles morales did like a good job of like oh here's some potential like yeah in instant load times like we're starting to get there and then horizon forbidden west started and i'm like damn all right this is this is next gen um and then that's where like that that's it that's they peak that's where that game peaked yep yep like beautiful to look at but it it you know i I just didn't. It, it, I couldn't do it. For, I, I get why it's here. Like it's one of the biggest hits of the year, and it is highly regarded review wise. But yeah, I just don't vibe with it. Um, and it's it's a bummer because I would like to like this game a lot more. Than yeah, me too. Like we were we were both legitimately very excited for this game, and yeah. it just didn't. It just didn't hit the way that we had hoped. Yeah. Um, I I yeah. It was a three out of five for me, which. Gex keeps it just off of game of the year nomination worthiness. So uh, it's like the the one game that I think the biggest name on this list that shouldn't be in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And, and I don't even know what to replace it with again, but yeah. Ugh, all right. Well, let's uh, stop talking about that. Cause maybe I made someone mad at this point. Um, Someone's going to be mad throughout this. Whole thing. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that's for sure. This is definitely not an episode of not upsetness. <laughs> um but let's talk let's be positive because yes. danny let's let's get into it our two games of the year that we are going to decide by the end of this yep. podcast yep elden ring and god of war ragnarok let's let's gush about it first both of them because the full disclaimer it's gonna sound like we're hating on the games, at least, at least from my end, because I have notes for each of these. Yes, that is yes, going to get, are, I, it is going to get nitpicky. Yes, but from the standpoint of like, I have to, we have to choose one, yeah, or the other. We can't choose both. Both of these games, absolutely phenomenal. These like are as, clo- as close to masterpieces as you can get. These from are video some games. fucking video games, man. There's some fucking bangers like, of video games. Like in both of these games in my plays of both of these games and i just finished up literally before this podcast got to the post-credit scenes for for god of war ragnarok so i'm like under the gun haven't 100 percented it but i also didn't 100 percent elden ring <laughs> i haven't yeah yeah <laughs> it's way too big it's a lot it's um, so big but both of these games very quickly in my playthrough of them made me pause my game and literally say this is a fucking video game i'm yep. so fucking yep. excited to keep playing this like yep christine can attest i did that when i started god of work she was in the room and i literally just like said that to myself and she's like good so far i'm like it just started (laughs) no idea 
But this feels like it's going to be a fucking game, man. And I'm pumped. And it was. Yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. Like that, I don't, I, sometimes it feels like that can get rarer and rarer as you are playing more and more video games. But like getting two in a year, that's pretty good eating. This is, this is, I think people keep forgetting that too, where it's like, we're lucky if you get one of these a year. Yeah. Like, usually it's like, oh, this one's game was cool. I had fun with this one. This one was good. But then to get like, damn, this one was really fucking good. Like, generationally good. And I think both of these games are generationally good. Not game of the year good. They're generationally good. Like, yes. These are going to hold up these are at defining the end of the PS5's games. life cycle. Yep, absolutely. And the Xbox's life cycle. Absolutely. So, start from there. The world design for each of these. Difference. So different but incredible in their own right. Yep. The way that, that Elden Ring handled um, uh, uh, lines of sight in, in a game, I think, has been done before, but not to this extent. Yeah. The way that like, you, like, you literally open to the world and you can see all the towers and you can see the Erd Tree. And like, all of these are destinations that become major points in your playthrough. Um, even without like, a major narrative or a traditional narrative, I should say, because there is a narrative. It's just not a traditional narrative yeah. that you get from a God, a God of War. Um, they all matter, which was, I, I think is man, that's such a tricky thing to do because like you have that moment and then you finish the, uh, the castle after you beat Godric and uh, the second guy, and then you walk out and then you have your breath of the wild moment. So it like mm -hmm. hits you twice. Yeah. Unexpectedly. Yeah. I mean, it, it it like so cool. Like it, I think the really cool thing about these two games existing in the same year is that they can both give you that wow wonder moment. Yeah, and do it in totally different ways. Where you know, like for for people that play video games, they couldn't be more different. But you know, for a mom or a dad at Christmas looking at uh, covers of video games to buy. They, you know, you're like, all right, these are probably like the same game. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, dude with weapon. <laughs> yeah, the stuff is probably gonna be bad if they don't use it. You know, like, yeah. Uh, inherently, those sound like they're the exact same. Game. Oh yeah, you have to like get treasures and upgrade shit. But yeah, like, yeah, they're just they sound like the same game. Yeah. Oh, it's relatively deep combat. You know, not not the deepest or anything of the year, but uh. It's just crazy. And then you're like, oh, yeah. And they're in no way in my head, like, directly comparable to, like, nitpick, like, oh, well, I like this this world better, like, I, you know, the map of the world versus the traversal system in God of War. I'm like, I'm not going to really, the, the, it's just like apples to oranges, even yeah, if yeah. Mm -hmm. there's vague things that are similar. Yeah, some of the mechanics of it are, like, Obviously, God of War and any action RPG at this point, post Dark Souls, has takes some form of the From Software formula, yeah. like the hit, dodge, roll, a little bit more brutal, a um, lot of bosses, combat, a lot of bosses, and, and a little bit more strategic from that standpoint, where it's like very kind of like one to one combat, maybe an area of enemies. Um, so from software continues like that legacy of like yeah. you know they they literally changed action rpgs and video gaming um, and then you have elden ring that basically takes that formula and then like what if we put this in an open world and not in a straight line like most yeah. of our games are 
So that means you can't do a lot of the stuff that they normally did, even though they like, you know, built sections and dungeons to kind of like fall back onto some of that. But they had to change a lot of it. So that's why it felt fresh, even for people like you and I who had never played from software games before. Right. And then God of War Ragnarok, on the other hand, says, what if we take some of that combat, but just like let you do a bunch of shit with it and like expand how that same weapon gets used over and over again to give you some variety? Yeah. That's like the stuff that's like that suddenly makes combat feel very different. And it's it's huge discrepancies, the differences between those two. Um, God of War, then, you know, with Atreus and then obviously spoilers again. Don't listen to this episode if you haven't played both of these two to, to, to finish and then getting Freya with you. Yeah. Uh, for combat. And both of them having, felt having Sindri, as a having Sindri, having, having Brock. Brock help you. All of that stuff was so cool. I think some of those beats were like interesting, fun in a way. Playing as Atreus, which was a different skill set and move set yeah. from uh, uh, Kratos, super cool. The world it is not open world, but like I, I, I kind of enjoy how Ragnarok handled it a little bit. It's similar but different from 2018, mm-hmm. uh, as far as like the different realms go. The way that each of the realms just like open up and open up and open up it's as you like, discover areas, super fun, um, colorful, bright variety to the environments. Both of these games hit on all of those aspects. Uh, art direction, insane. Art direction. Uh, the, the score, the yep. music is insane. The sound design is insane. Yeah, like it, it, it's it's hard. It's yeah. a hard debate to have. Like these. These games are so fucking good that <laughs> I it doesn't really matter to me no. which one like would would take our votes or the other votes because both of these games gave me the experience I wanted from God of War. I yes. I, I loved 2018 like and I needed it to be good and it delivered for me and that's like not a given anymore for anything yeah, sequel-wise, yeah, like, yeah. and it never has been, really, but, like, man, the pressure to make this game Jesus, great. Jesus, I, I cannot, cannot imagine. imagine. And then to s- fucking, like, nail it. Like, nail it. To nail it, like, dude. Like, nail it. Like, it's so crazy. And then you have Elden Ring, which, I don't know, I know that they knew that it was going to be a bigger hit than the rest of their games. Like, in some way, they, I think they were betting on that for sure yeah like that this was gonna cross over and we're we've been getting closer and closer the demon souls remake happening probably helped and people forget that like the hype for elden ring was so real like even six months pre-launch yeah yeah and then like it, it, it happens and that game you know the the thing for elden ring that it has over ragnarok is I never, I, I never, that game, I never played a game that felt like that. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah. just, I, I haven't. And, and like, you know, I know you can say it took some stuff from Breath of the Wild, it took some stuff from this, from that, or the other thing. But the total package of it and the way that it rewards curiosity and thinking about how so many of my hours playing that game was yeah. glitching to farm runes because I wasn't good enough at the game. And I chose a stupid build and I started as a naked wretch. Like I just really made 
poor early game decisions that I had to deal with for the rest of my playthrough. I love. Uh, I was fine with all of that. No, which is crazy because normally if a game's doing that to you, it's like a huge knock. It's yeah. like, oh, it's, no, no. I don't know if I could give higher praise to it than other than saying the 25 hours I was probably killing that big fucking bird. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I yeah. always felt like there was a skill that I could gain while doing that action. Like I was like, oh, I can time this if I roll this way and get to exactly this spot and hit the bird through this gap in the tree, like I can do this five seconds quicker or like two seconds quicker. And yeah. so there's like, there's such a minute, there, it, it's a very precise game when it comes to movement and when it comes to combat. And that I think that's why I like, or when you do the other one where you have to glitch out of the map and then like ride your horse and like uh, wave your sword around and then you get like a bunch and you can do that a bunch. And that was like a one that was discovered a little later. And like just getting that fucking horse on that cliff yeah. felt like the most rewarding thing I had done in a in, in that day. <laughs> like Yeah, the the just like the the satisfaction you get because if you've never and we had never played, right? So like we both experienced this at the same time where like you had to have this moment where it's like, oh, a mechanic of this game is dying. And I think we, we had experienced that in, through other games. So, like, we right. had some build up to it um, through, like, you know, your Hollow Knights, your Hades, and, and, and so on. Um, but, like, going in and be like, oh, oh, every death felt intentional and also your own fault if you did. Yep. Because you're learning from, like, oh, okay, I'm still learning, like, the movesets. And when you get to this point in health, the moveset changes like this. So, I have to, all right, cool, hold on to some of my potions hold on to some of my uh mana or whatever um and then finally getting through and breaking through just felt so satisfying like we were texting each other like constantly oh, like all the time when all we the were time doing like all these little things that well yeah and not even just with the bosses but yeah. like hey if you go did you go to this area already and you find this thing like no oh dude. so in that sense where it's like some of the knocks on this game and like I I agree to some extent where it's like you practically need like a guide. That's to, part of the, I was just going to bring up the need to constantly be researching what the fuck to do. It and is, I it, actually I can, love that because I love learning stuff in that way. And it it's not a knock for, for me. I actually enjoy. Well, I think there's a way to continue to give to give you that experience without completely leaving you with nothing in the game in yeah. my opinion so like if you discover stuff with someone else and then like maybe your character like open like has a journal somewhere that some of some of that stuff gets recorded oh i found this thing there yeah and that's it I, like that, that's like maybe tied yes. to the map when you look at it yep because you could still talk to each other oh shit hey dude remember you gotta take the thing that you found from that random encounter and that's how you unlock that other castle that's on the other side of the damn map. Yeah, I wish you could just write your own notes. That, that yeah, that, because I do agree. I think that. I think some of that is like give give me a little bit more because otherwise the experience of like figuring out and like just the community experience that it was for like two months straight basically it was so fun. Nothing. I, I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was a it was a moment of video games that like will be something that is like try everyone's going to be chasing an elden yeah. ring 
yeah, as far as open worlds go and like uh, adventure games go, like this is now the new Breath of the Wild. Yep. Just like the breath, just like Breath of the Wild was the new Skyrim, and Skyrim was the new Assassin's Creed. Like that's that's what Elden Ring is, and I think that's that's why it's so hard to beat. Um, and like some of the detracting uh, aspects that I've seen online and like in some of the um, nicer <laughs> comment sections, like it's just not accessible enough for for audiences. Whereas God of War Ragnarok is a little bit more accessible to the, the wider audience. I'm like, that is, I would say, objectively true. I don't think that's a deterrent or a deterrent to Elden Ring. Yeah, I think. As far as like accessibility options, like actual accessibility options, like I think they can get better. And maybe just for that alone, um, it maybe like gives it gives uh, Ragnarok the edge. But I don't think that's like so many people got out of their comfort zone mm -hmm. for this game. And I think that in and of itself is like a cultural moment that transcends just the video game itself. Yeah into like the community and like into like the gaming gamer world where like in the past i had no interest in trying from software games i was just like mm -hmm. they're not for me i see videos online they look cool i respect the gamers that get through that but it's very much a niche thing and elden ring is no longer a niche game it be it went mainstream yep. it, it was the best selling game of the year yeah and like it made Call of Duty numbers. This is not a niche game anymore. You cannot use that argument anymore. Yeah. And it made me go back. I played Bloodborne and I was like, Bloodborne's like pretty close to a perfect game. Like it's a good fucking game. And I played some of the Demon Souls remake and like because it did unlock, oh, these games aren't as obtuse as I thought they were. And there's a lot of joy in the feedback loop that i thought i would hate you know like yeah um so yeah it's a uh, elden ring it was it, it truly a generational title yeah like you said um so okay so before we get into because we i think this has mostly been gushing about uh elden ring so far let's get into god of war ragnarok and then some of the deterrence there and some of the gushing there yeah. okay perfect all right so god of war ragnarok um I got to admit, the first little tiny bit where me and you were texting a little bit back and forth, mm -hmm. I was a little, I was like, wait, is Danny like not liking it? And then I was like, wait, am I not liking it? I'm confused. We're like, because we, you know, like we were kind of just like, yeah, quickly checking in. Uh, but as the game opens up more and more and you have more and more optionality in what you're doing uh, and you kind of start to really get into the narrative. Man, does this game slap. Uh, it, it opens up. It like I think it, it teeters on the line of like, you're taking a little too long to open up. Little, it's very a close. Little bit, it's a very little bit, it's close. But it still opens up at the right time. I thought the first hour where it's almost beat for beat 2018 just like in a different setting, obviously, because the situations are different. Mm. I love that. I thought that was such a cool way, uh, such a fun homage yeah. to like, hey, we're reintroducing you to these two characters. Hey, here's here's Kratos, here's Atreus, here's Mimir. Like, we're reintroducing you. This feels the same. It felt very much of like when they were chopping down the tree for Faye's funeral. Mm. It's the same way that you're... Uh, 
hunting basically in in Ragnarok. Yeah. The way that you get on the dog sled felt very reminiscent to when Kratos and Atreus got on the boat for the first time mm-hmm. and you were just like con- conversing with each other. When Balder appears at your door felt very similar when Thor and Odin showed up and then that's when they start changing it up yeah. on you and it was beautifully done. It was so I was like this this yep. is perfect. I mean just when I was like okay start switching it up on me and they did. The, and then they hit you right into the fucking Thor battle. God damn. The entrance of Odin and that scene that they have, I think, is some of the best fucking shit. Just, just like the acting, the direction of the the scene itself, like the stakes building of it, how important everything is. Like the animation yep. of the characters, the detail of the it's just like uh, you put that you could you can put that against almost any like scene in a prestige TV movie, a TV show Completely agree. or a Completely movie. Agree. And I'm like, that is the level that this game basically maintains from when it hits right there, because that's when I was like, all right, I'm in. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, literally, yeah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, not even it was before the fight, like. Basically, the second Odin walks in and just his fucking attitude. Just his, like, yes, and just attitude. His everything. And, like, so, the, I'm the like, character embodiment from the voice acting, like, uh, the I, take I on Odin that it is, the take on Thor that it is, and how quickly you, you, I, you see who these people are and how it, it's different from things you've seen in the past. Like, and then it just never fucks up those things for me. Like the core of the game, the core oh, characters, mm-hmm. uh, everything in with Odin and Atreus, everything with Thor and his family, and like all of that stuff. I'm like, this is so fucking well done. The writing and acting. Oh my god, the acting was phenomenal. The voice acting, the the movements, the mocaps, they crushed it. Um. Is on par, in my opinion, like on par with both Last of Us. Um, yeah, yeah. Last of Us, I think Naughty Dog focused a little bit more on like facial animations and like they they crushed that part of it. And I don't think either God of War really gets to that point, but it, it's more combat focused than the Last of Us ever was. Yeah. So and that that stance, it's fine. It's a trade off that I accept. What they nailed is the natural conversational cadence. Yeah. Where like the characters aren't like stopping like. Like a goddamn Horizon Forbidden West. You're in. All the time. You are in the scene. Yes. You are. Um, you are. It. it the. It feels the, so natural. The so thing, natural. The thing about God of War, and I would love more games to do this. Is like God of War very similar to Children of Men, the movie. Ah. Where mm-hmm. you feel so involved in Children of Men partly because of those longer takes that it has, but also because the way the camera, the activity of the camera and how the camera puts you into feeling like that's what you're choosing to look at. Like kind of that like visual through line that a single continuous type of shot or approximation of that can do, I think is, it's one of my favorite visual techniques of filmmaking yep. and getting those moments uh where you're just this camera around this scene and 
sometimes you have a little bit of control. Sometimes you don't, depending on how big kind of the, the, the conversation is. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky thing to navigate. Yeah, uh, but it's just, you're, it just feels like you're there. Um, in some capacity, it transports you. And then it backs up that beautiful like visual flair of that single take with basically taking every, and this is like across the board for Ragnarok, Everything that 2018 did, they leveled it up. Like, and that's like kind of what we get. That's what this game is. It's not trying to completely break the mold of anything like like Elden Ring kind of d- does. Right. But, oh, you like that single take? Well, we're also going to now have moments where you play as different characters and or you play as Atreus, and we're not going to break that conceit. It was so cool. Uh-huh. So good how they did that. Because then you really do feel like you're an active part because now you're following a different character and it's like fucking sick. Yeah. It was I can't imagine how many hours went into get even from like what they learned from 2018 like and in getting that where it was because that was really good too. Just like it can't be easy to like get like a player controllable camera and and visual direction to work well with this type of game where like it had like the angle is very intentional mm-hmm. because you still need to feel in control of Kratos or, or, or Atreus, but also be in the scene. You, the player, have to be in the scene witnessing these characters that you're so tied to now. Yeah. Um, it's tricky. And, and that's why in some places, when it's smaller, they, they remove control uh, from you, which can be a little like, oh, I'm, oh, shoot, I can't control it here. So, yeah. Like, they, Sometimes like those little tweaks happen, and again, we're we're nitpicky here for this conversation, uh, where it's like, okay, I get it, but I get it because it it needed it, this scene needs to work like this specifically, right? Um, and and it's like one of those things that, especially open world games that have like a strong narrative, struggle with. Just like uh, I thought, Red like Red Dead Redemption Two was one of my favorite games of that year, but. It took you out of it so much because you the camera was wonky mm-hmm. sometimes. You're like in a whole different area and this quest marker started here. And now you have to jump on a horse and follow someone. And like they force like a uh, plot beat in a on horseback conversation that I think God of War handles way better. Yeah. In forms of like you're on your way and doing things as these conversations are happening, which feels way more natural and feels less scripted. Um, even though they are scripted, they're yeah, straight up highly scripted. scripted. Yeah. Like highly scripted. And I, I, I think like with those moments in, in God of War, as I was playing through Ragnarok, I really did realize I was like, Oh, the thing I really cherish kind of the most of the 2018 title were those moments where you're just hearing them talk. And then they just made that even a better experience. You have yeah. more characters who are traveling with you. So there's more variants. Like, uh, I think there's probably hundreds and hundreds of more optionality to what might happen than the first game, just like, cause they probably had more, uh, power to do that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it, I think like also just like two things about these games where I do think there's a positive comparison I can make. It's like both of these games in different ways gave me a feeling of accomplishment. Yeah. Yep. And also, like, made me think a little bit about how I want to be as a person. 
like and I, and that might be like a crazy thing to say about Elden Ring where you have like no idea what is going on story wise but like Elden Ring for me reminded me that like fucking up and trying to do better is like part of being you know yeah and, and like even narratively like Elden Ring and and Elden Ring has a narrative people yeah. just because it's not handed to you like the way Ragnarok does it and that's not a knock on how Ragnarok does it doesn't mean that it doesn't have a narrative yeah it's can you make the argument that like is video games the best form to do that type of narrative fine I'll listen to that argument but there is narrative but also like the idea that like in Elden Ring you're just you're nobody you're just a guy yeah you're just a person like whoever your character is you're just a person and basically the world says Nothing happens if you don't, if you don't, if you don't do anything about it. Yeah. So if you want something to happen, go do it. You're, you, you have to go do it. Yeah. Which I think does like kind of to, to, to your point, like, I think it, I think that is a great comparison because it, it does that in a way that no other game has really done that well, mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in my opinion. And in a way that like says you can do it however works best for you specifically as well because there are so many different builds and like obviously that's like a little bit of a tie to like the different combat builds and all that stuff but like you don't have to go like sure you have to like hit some of the same stuff but there are pieces just like in um in in uh what is it breath of the wild you don't have to uh, beat all the divine beasts to get to ganon yeah you don't have to unlock all the towers in elden ring to get to the end you can skip some of them. Yeah, yeah, and then like, like that that kind of like freedom that Elden Ring gives you, and like the kind of going your own path and really making your own decisions on how the game unfolds, and then dying constantly and yeah. deciding to keep going and playing that game is really awesome. And like, I think for for me, like I definitely needed it at that time. Like, uh, it was a really nice place to escape to. Um, yeah, yeah, for me, right, yeah, uh, yep. in those moments, and then. You have Ragnarok, more traditional storytelling, right? Linear. Uh, but just the messaging of what it is, like like the the messaging of like you like being better for the people around you because the people around you matter. Uh, no matter what you were before, like you're here today and you should probably live better than you know, and like like we have to be better is something that comes up so often in the, in the game. And I'm like, yeah, 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 we, d- yeah, yeah, we, fucking we do, do have to be better. Like I, I really appreciated that. Like uh, Ragnarok didn't fall into the trappings that sequels can fall into where it's like, we got to make this accessible to like players that haven't played the first one. So like the <laughs> character is mostly the same. Kratos is not the same character than he than 2018 and, and neither is a from the beginning from the very beginning yeah. these are different characters and i loved it i love that they developed from the gap you, they lived and a this life one. during that yeah. time and you well, it was feel a it. few years really and you cool. feel it and they they explore that through some of the gameplay and then they continue to develop them as you play this game it's such I think character development specifically. I don't know. If probably a, probably yeah. beats probably beats the last of us. I think it does. I, I really as far as character development specifically. Um yes. which is hard because Joel developed a lot yeah. 
in that first yeah. one. Um, but then you have like but eight characters much, doing it was, in Ragnarok. Oh, man, like you got so, everyone changing. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it. You know it. what's crazy, Danny? We're an hour and four minutes into this, and we're like we could 30, go another thirty. We're minutes. like thirty-five minutes into just talking about these two games, <laughs> and we haven't actually talked about the core mechanic of either game, which is combat. Like really, we've like barely mentioned it. Which is everyone, everyone knows that, that but, stuff. It, but, it, yeah, but also yeah. it's like I think that that's how much there is to dig into. This, I think though. that speaks to how incredible these games are. That that, that combat, like, who no I, complaints honestly, at all. No, no complaints. No. It's all it's good as hell. It's on both of these. In my opinion, give me God of War is unbalanced for the first twenty hours. Yeah, until the skill tree really opens up. So. In a new game plus, I'm sure it'll feel way better, but it's it's very much unbalanced yeah. in a way that 2018 wasn't. My only gripe against 2018, there's like a bunch of like minor stuff that you and I have talked about as far as like uh, turn on the accessibility oh, auto pickup. We, we have talked about there's this. There's so That's many stupid. accessibility things that you can make. Like I, I, it, I'm. It's so impressive the commitment that Sony has made to AAA titles with these accessibility settings. It's great because it's great. I, at this point. You know, I've never really been a hardcore guy for any game difficulty setting. I'm like, hey, I'm going to use some of these quality of life accessibility settings because I don't need that part of the challenge of this game. Like, no, because it's tedious. Like, it doesn't add anything or detract anything if you turn them on. And I think that's where it's like, okay, then then just have that be the default, in my opinion. So some of that stuff, the fast travel stuff, but all games deal with fast travel stuff. Um, and so did Elden Ring. Yeah. My only narrative issue with Ragnarok, which is why I felt 2018 was still the tighter na- narrative. Ragnarok is the larger, bigger, better overall, but it wasn't as tight as far as beat for beat goes, like as far as like pacing. Yeah. The the first time you visit Jotunheim as Atreus, too long. I'm sorry. It was important. I understand why it was important. Yeah. And it did matter for his development. Still too long. You can you can handle that a little bit better. Jotunheim, that's where he meets uh, the other uh, giant, Angerboda, Angerboda. Yeah, for the first time. I will say just really quick aside on that moment of the game, I really loved how small that it felt in those moments of those two characters of someone who really is the first person that is that appears to be similar aged to yeah. Atreus that we've ever seen really, um, and there's obviously teenage problems happening in his brain of course and i loved all that the only the thing about it i think what you take out of that to shorten it up the combat unneeded did the it was very strong story and relationship building and information giving and it was important no fucking need for this combat in those like honestly that was like i was like all right just get through this and let's finish up what we were doing but now i feel like i've been taken out of it yeah Um, yeah it's uh it's one of those where it's like i i i'm not going to just give critiques there without offering alternatives here i have thought about this deeply over the last couple of weeks you also have Thrude in asgard when you're playing as atreus those are there are opportunities there as well to shorten up jotunheim and those moments where like you're dealing with like oh someone my age and angst and and like learning who i am as uh, as a teenager does you have two other characters that you get introduced yep. to in Asgard. Use them a little bit better. We could have instead we of like elongating more. that section and keep it. You could have kept it a little bit tighter on the giant stuff and the prophecy stuff with the trails. So that's yeah. 
my small like if I'm nitpicky. Uh, my I... last nitpicky. Okay, go. No, no, sorry. you go, you go. Okay, my last one. I'm sorry, and then I'll hand it off, and th- and I'm done, and then we'll get into the decisions. My last. Well, we one have to nitpick Elden Ring how... a little bit because we haven't. Uh, okay, you're right. Okay, this is going to be a little bit longer. We're, that's we're, okay. We're going fast. That's now, okay. okay. We're going fast. We're, that's okay. <laughs> narratively you have two video games worth and i'm not saying that this was the wrong decision i just don't like the pacing and how quickly this happened narratively you have two entire games worth of like oh shit we just fulfilled prophecy at the end of 2018 you saw uh phase paintings on the wall and that prophecy like and it was beat for beat for beat for beat everything that they did yeah and then this game comes in like you are not who you are you are not what fate deems you you are your own choices and then the norns come in and i loved it because like they're like building stuff building stuff you're still making the decisions you're leading to ragnarok you don't want ragnarok you're saying you don't want ragnarok you don't want to do these things but we're still leading into this and then you get to the norns and then the norns like there's no prophecy you're just a culmination of your decisions and you're so predictable that it's easy for us to appear Mm -hmm. like we're smarter than we are and i love that that was such a but, fuck you. Like, man, it was man, so, so good. Fun. So good. And but they're just mocking they were, you. Like, and they were still, but you were still going. And then, and then you're like, okay, I got to go kill Heimdall now. And then they're like, there you go. See, what did we just say? You're not even listening to what we're saying. And then he kills Heimdall. And then he starts Ragnarok. And then the war starts. And then he says, hey, Atreus, open your heart. We're changed now. We're different. Okay, I'm still gonna go kill Odin, or or fight Odin and complete Ragnarok, but now Odin is the one that died, and I thought that was a cool like moment that should happen. Like, don't kill Kratos, obviously, um, and like it was like a cool parallel in that moment. So like, oh, it's Odin because they both both of them made a different decision. Oh, uh, Kratos telling Atreus like, be who you are, don't be like I am, and then Atreus taking that decision and like, all right, cool, I'm not gonna use this mask and break it and now i we broke fate i just it didn't feel like there was enough like conflict or like it didn't feel like climaxy enough yeah to break away from like everything that you were leading up to was telling you it was going to be this thing but it didn't end up being that and then no one acknowledged it they just kind of accepted it that's my only like gripe with the narrative not with not that that it happened specifically it's just like okay we broke fate but it just like it was just like oh it just happened and okay now we're gonna go do the rest of our stuff yeah yeah i i i think i have that gripe is a little less for me like because i maybe it's just me then yeah well for me when it just comes to any mythology like you know especially when we're now crossing mythologies and and all that i'm like eh, whatever i you know at that point there's really no true rule in my head kind of like when no like neil gaiman uh uh, his North Norse mythology, which is relatively like beat for beat accurate, but then like what you know the that's like the cool thing about mythology is like you have the box, but then you can also fuck with it, and like that's kind of part of the fun of these things continuing yeah. to have life. But okay, so but I I do understand where you're coming from as well. It was pretty quick, like um, it was just too quick. But that's also it was just too quick to me. Uh, another little nitpick that kind of is that on that same thread of narrative and, and, and a difference from 2018, 2018 ultimately for most of it is a contained story. 
where yes. the stakes, yes. the pace, up to you, you're just taking ashes to the end to to a mountain. You know what I mean? Like, yep. And so, I think where 2018 succeeds more than Ragnarok is, I felt like I couldn't do side missions in Ragnarok because it was so much bigger than just Atreus and Kratos and them trying to like do that task, right? Like, yeah. so especially because the narrative really does kind of like start wide and then comes back in and then it's just really funneling, you know, and it feels, even though the characters, like they obviously were concerned about people going, just ripping through the narrative and never doing anything, characters constantly are telling you, you know, we can do that later. Like you should, no, we can go <laughs> kill Heim. That was like, so weird. Yeah, like was so it, weird. it was a little yeah. odd, but I know it's like they wanted to tell you like, hey, like there's like, I know it feels pretty intense, but also it's like there's a ton of side content, and I basically haven't started any of it. Um, it's really good. And I'm it, almost at a hundred percent. And like, but every every single thing I've done side content wise, I'm like, yeah, this this is great. Like, and I'm actually at this point starting to appreciate the game even more because now I don't have that stress of getting through the narrative, and I'm like, oh yeah. Wait, was this where 2018 became like one of my favorite games? Was it actually after I beat it and then just completed it? Because the stakes lower and then you're really more interested in just really exploring and then like you feel more free and like you almost get two games of in one because like there's this perfect like not perfect but like this big booming narrative and then it's like, "Oh, okay, that's over. I still kind of want to do a lot of shit and oh, you have a shitload of stuff for me to do." Well, yeah, they add they add a significant amount of post game content, like quests and, and areas of of each realm that don't open up until after Ragnarok. It's ballsy. So it's like it's like tricky to be like, oh, don't rush to the narrative, but uh, but also explore, but also like we have more stuff for you at the end. And uh, a, a tricky thing with backtracking, and that's how Vanaheim wasn't my favorite because of the day night cycle that I straight up did not like. Um, yeah, uh, just not not good. But then. To nitpick Elden Ring for just yes. a few minutes, and then we're gonna we gotta get out of here. I need to eat. Uh, I'm hungry. Um, the fucking Elden Beast is a wet fart on a warm night. <laughs> level of missing <laughs> what you want from an ending of that game. You had so many good bosses in that game, and then to have like true dog shit. Elden Beast dog after shit. after fighting freaking uh, what's his face uh, Godric? Yeah, no, not Godric. Yeah, uh, um, all sorts of people. There were so many. Yeah, people. but like the guy at the end, the guy at the end, the the big the the last guy at the end. Like that was a cool fight, and then you get Elden Beast. And I'm like, man, you the um. It felt like it was from a different game. The celestial thing in uh, the snow area, or not in the at the bottom of the mountain of the volcano, yeah, that you get for for doing um, what's her face is the the as a snow witch's uh, side quest. Um, that boss was way better, and that was like a huge giant beast skeleton thingy that like, yeah. took up the entire fucking screen. It's what a what a dud way to finish out like what was. 
an incredible game full of amazing bosses and boss yeah. fights. Radan was entirely optional, and he's one of the best fights in the game. Yeah. Melania, awesome. also entirely optional. Awesome One fight. of the best fights in the game. Awesome fight. Also the fucking hardest fight. Like, and then it, it's like, it just was so disappointing as someone who played a melee build, a strength build, a dex, strength dex, so just like classic. Be running around. Oof. Just being like, Oh, so like face. you can't like for someone of my skill level who's again not very good, but like you know I played the whole fucking game, I beat these bosses. Um, to to get to the last one and be like, okay, so I can either do this like six hundred more times because I really struggled with dodging and like you know resource management to it get limits that your fight. Uh, variety of approaching that battle. Yeah, for sure. literally, I was like, well. This is just, this doesn't feel like I'm, it's the one, really the one time that whole game where I felt like it wasn't fair. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that one, some of the bosses I think they didn't handle well, and like I think Ragnarok is, there's a handful of side ones that I uh, won't spoil for you, but there was one, uh, it was necessary to get to to the Melania area of, of, of the map in Elden Ring, where you get to that castle, and it's like three bosses yeah. in Elden Ring. And you don't have near the mobility that you do in Ragnarok. And it just sucked. It just straight up sucked. That fight sucked. Um, it was not fun at all. And like, yeah. turns out you have to use some random ass flower that you get from like a merchant, like three sections of the map down that takes you forever to get back to yep. in order to like stun them and then like fight back. It's, oh, it was the worst. Very- There's a handful of bosses that they like. This was stupid. And there's a most of them were great. And there there is a handful of times within that game where you're like, wait, what did I miss? And then you have to like go, oh, I have to like backtrack like 85 times. And then you go, oh wait, because I hit this part of the game, this person's actually over here now. Oh, I actually can't do this quest anymore. I missed it. It's done. Like those moments were frustrating. Uh that that's why that's why I thought like a, a better way of handling that is like some form of journal, some form of tracking, yeah. because it's obtuse almost to a fault at some points. And I think that's one of if we're gonna, if we're going to talk about like accessibility and like give me this argument instead. The obtuseness of how to do some of the quests is detrimental and and dumb sometimes. And yeah. Like I get that like people that the game wants you to like read the lore on the items and all of that like. Sometimes not even that was helping you. Like there was like multiple redditors like, wait, but I did check this thing and they didn't tell me that, and I thought it meant this and not that. Like, okay, well, if you're not even explaining it well enough, then like don't do it. That that's why like post launch they started doing like, uh, they updated the map to like yep. give you the NPCs uh, icon markers in the map. Like, see, you could do that from launch, and no one's mad about it. It doesn't hurt the integrity of what the spirit of the game is. It's yep. fine. Some of those small details I think are fine to add. And then I don't totally know if this is a nitpick or it was just I it was when I really felt like I was not good enough to finish the game. But fuck Ferrum Azula. That place oh my God. is such an insane difficulty spike. It's such an insane. It's just so jarring. Like where you're starting to feel pretty good before you get there. You're like, oh, cool. Like, I feel like I'm finally like. I'm able to take a couple hits like and this combat is opening up a little bit more because now like I don't feel like I'm 
fighting for my life every time I fight something. Right. Like just the bosses, but then you come there and it's like, oh hey, um, fuck you. <laughs> like that's what it and I didn't yeah. like that was a moment where I was like, okay. But Danny, any other nitpicks on Elden Ring? I think maybe just the crafting system can get like refined a little bit more too. It was a little weird. Oh, um, I have for like I some have, of the items. I do have one comparable thing I need to get out of my brain so that we Go. can finally make our choice. Uh, I will say like how many different weapons you can get and level up and all that stuff in Elden Ring like was part of the fun of the game. And I really yep. felt like you could change things and it would change your approach, right? Very clearly, so many options there and i think it for the most part that was like relatively straightforward like you kind of knew what you were gonna get and like there's like the meta conversations what's the best what's the best uh ragnarok you get a shitload of fucking shit all the time you're finding armor you're crafting things uh i don't think it really affected how i played the game maybe even once i never thought about it at all Except for the realm shift armor for someone that isn't the best at the combat, which is me. That I mean, I'm like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just gonna. This is the best yeah, armor. Yeah, <laughs> like it slows down the yeah. fucking game. Like, there's no. I'm sorry, I don't care about the other ones. There is little point to the different armor sets in in Ragnarok, which was disappointing because I I felt there was a better better variety and better trade offs in 2018. Yes. like the, uh, you know. The, the different stuff that you got there so but i love their right. shields all right Shit. spencer oh my god what am i gonna pick oh, yeah no. i just i thought oh. i had an answer but it's hard your game of the year goes to three we had, we were saying it at the same time at the same time three. oh both of us same yep, time, yep, yep. all right three, three two two one, one. Elden, elden ring, ring. Oh, wow i almost was gonna say ragnarok i thought you were gonna go with ragnarok i, I thought so too <laughs> I really thought you were going to go with that Ragnarok after this conversation. The reason that I I went with Elden Ring is because God of War was amazing. I love it. It's it's like a masterpiece. It's generational. All those things. Elden Ring is new. Elden Ring did something that I haven't done in a video game before, and even though like I think maybe like pure moments of enjoyment were probably higher on Ragnarok um because it's more traditional and it's like the pinnacle of traditional yes triple a yes. semi-open world combat focus rpg with puzzles like it is basically i don't know what you could do better like in the form that it is in yeah but elden ring like it was like playing mario 64 for the first time it uh that's what i come back to as well is just like the impact to not only myself but and i said it at the top of the podcast culturally yeah. what it's going to do for video games in the next five years like this is different from like like ragnarok is like pinnacle of like story-based narrative western rpgs yeah but it's not doing for that genre what Last of Us did, or even what the Uncharted series did. In my opinion, that might be a little controversial. I think it's better than like any of the Uncharted games. I think it's on par with Last of Us, mm -hmm. both of them. 
which is high, high praise. I think this is like, okay, this is like, if someone told me like, what's the best story-based game? And they say, this is the one Ragnarok, I would not argue with you. Yeah. I'd be like, cool, that's a good choice. That's a great answer. Um, and that's what people will look back to for this medium that really AAA studios have mastered, particularly PlayStation has mastered yeah. and, and some PC uh, gay, uh, companies as well. Elden Ring is changing the game and it's going to improve open world games moving forward. Yeah. Which is weird to say for a game like, like, oh, but it's, so it's not the pinnacle. It's going to improve. I'm like, yes, but in a way that it hasn't been done since Skyrim. Yeah. And we're also going to get like 6 million shittier versions of it as well. And we'll probably get like five better ones in the next like 10 years. I think Maybe. just that impact alone, like, and and if we want to say accessibility, like God of War is more appealing, like, yeah, but you have to be on PlayStation to play God of War Ragnarok. Yep. Anyone can play Elden Ring. Yeah. So it's it's the thinnest of margins. It really if, is. If, if uh, December rolls around and the Game Awards are here and uh, God of War Ragnarok is, is uh, crowned a winner, I will be ecstatic. Yep. Like, no one is upset here. I think that's also a correct choice. Yeah. There's no incorrect choice. I don't think there's any possible way that it wins. I think Elden Ring wins. Right? Right? Like, I think it's close. I think it's close, man. I do think that Elden Ring will win, but I think it's close. I think we could be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, we could be. Um, But yeah, Danny, that was a brisk 90 minutes. Um, Hey, you got a big one, a long one. That's what she said for the end of the year. Uh, We're going to be gone for for the rest of December. We'll be back in January. Uh, have a good holiday season, whatever you do or don't celebrate. Yeah, just like have a good, just next have a good time. Month, month. Yeah, that's that's as far Chill as out. you need Play to go. Play some more. Go platinum Ragnarok. Yeah, or platinum Elden Ring. No, don't do that. It's gonna take you too long. It's You're... so long. I'm just gonna wait for the. I'm just waiting for the DLC. I'm just waiting for. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. There yeah. will we'll, be DLC. We'll get back in it. We'll be get back in it. All right, bye. All right, bye.